Mic check, mic check. No music for this one. No music for this one, Eric. Hey, hey, we got to come back with the organ. Just our voices is enough. The sound of our voices is in here. Man, we are back. Last second shot to return. Y'all know what it is, man. We are back and alive. I don't think they're ready for this one. I don't think they're ready for this one, man. You don't think they're ready? Nah, nah, hey, real quick, this is the Last Second Shot Podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, um, you in for a treat. Women's basketball in, in the state of Michigan, sometimes we talk WNBA, college, um, you know, this time we keep in the OG, straight OG, for, you know. Uh, so we're back live and uh, it's been a few months. Last time we talked to y'all, I think that was the Sue Favors episode, which did numbers. Uh, talked to Sue um, about a lot of WNBA and college stuff. Um, now we're back talking to you about uh, straight high school in Michigan, uh, women's basketball. And uh, it's been a while. So been, what's been up, man? How are you? I mean, hey. Should we hop right into it? I mean, I think we should hop just just right into it. Skip all the pleasantries and everything like that. I mean, tell the people what you've been up to. I, I, ain't, I ain't talked to you in a minute. Huh? Same in a minute. What's up? Oh yeah, it's been yeah, it's been it's been a minute though. You know, um, the, you know, as of course, good little summer with One Nation as, as as always. Great summer that we had. Um, got to coach a lot. See a lot, do a lot, um, and just enjoying uh, basketball. Really, I mean, glad the season's you know we be back for another season. You know, it is also a great start. So, you know, it's a lot of a lot of footage we get, a lot of a lot of stuff to talk about. I'm just glad to be back. That's really it. What about you, man? Definitely, you know, same thing. Same, same wave. I've been, uh, you know, coaching with One Nation over the spring and summer. Uh, did a, I did a lot of coaching <laughs> this summer, man. It's crazy. Uh, great opportunity given by the director to um, almost, you know, for the most part, have my own team. Um, you know, obviously, me and Coach Anthony Brown split duties a lot, but uh, you know. Um, that was a great opportunity. Got got to coach some underrated kids. Man, it it really kinda opened my eyes. I, I think I think uh I don't even have the bombs anymore. They uh producers took the, the bombs away. Uh but um <laughs> you know, I, I think that um I think that I coached this year's Miss PSL. But we're gonna we're gonna get into that. Uh, a, a little later. Um, oh, I forgot to tell the audience I'm the head coach of a high school now. Uh, out there at E Course, <laughs> and um, man, that's that's really been it's been a great opportunity. A lot of people don't know E Course has a rich history for basketball, um, and it has fallen off. Um, 
in recent years, but you know, I think uh, I think I might change that. <laughs> might change that, Eric. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna die trying. Hey, I wish we had. I wish we had. The, I wish our producer ain't take away the bond because I'll drop one right now for that one. You know. Listen, man. We, we uh, people. I mean, anybody who knows us know knows how we uh, knows how we get after it. I'm not not here to boast or brag, but I am here to say that I ain't I ain't going out. I ain't going out without a fight. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah. So. That brings us into this year. Um, man. Wow. I don't want to say a wild start, but the icebreaker with Kalani obviously was uh, over the weekend. Over the uh, last weekend, right? Or two weekends ago. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Two weekends ago. Yeah, two weekends ago. Um games. Um, obviously, the one that everybody was talking about was uh, Wayne Memorial and Country Day and um, in a contest where Wayne Memorial uh, walked away with with a, with a win. Um, two Miss Basketball candidates squared off in Kayla Webb and Cameron Clegg. Um, obviously, uh, Cameron Clegg's first time going against uh, Country Day, which everybody knows that um, she wants to play for. So that that was kind of a, a treat for uh for everybody who went out to Ypsilanti to see that. Um Cameron Clegg ended with forty one. Forty one on the nose. Forty one. Um Kayla Webb um with a great performance herself. And that kinda ushers us into what I think everybody likes to talk about all year. It's too early to talk about it, but it, it, it's like when we it's like in the NBA when people talk about who's the MVP through ten games. Um, but obviously that ushers us into the Miss Basketball race, right? Preseason, everybody has their list. Um, most people have Cameron Clegg there. Most people have Kayla Webb there. A lot of people have Maddie Waters uh, from Williamston there. And, um, you know, four or five is kind of up for grabs. Um, obviously, a lot of people um, have Jaden Hampton penciled in to be a contender. Um, and that fifth one is that fifth one. It's, it's, it's kind of, like I said, it's, it's kind of up for grabs. Yeah, it is. It really is, and um, that's the 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 beauty of talking about this because every week or you know every month or whatever, um, that can change. You know, everybody's list is gonna change. You know, not not just who's in it, but where, you know, where do they rank in your you know in your five? You know, you know, so, you know. One week, you know, Maddie Waters may be one to some people, and the next week she's probably three. And, you know, can we clear to be, you know, two, and then the following week she's one, you know. And every week it will be, it'll be a new five, uh, you know, in different orders and everything like that. You know, it, it's probably too early to be talking about it, but that's the beauty of it, that, you know, it's a it's a great conversation. 
to have throughout the year. That's you know always going to be a, a interesting topic and point Even of discussion. Even if it was too early. Even if it was too early, who's going to check us? Hmm. <laughs> Man, but um, yeah. yeah, it it is just. I think it's important to keep up with the race um, as you go on. Because um, obviously there's always people who feel like they're the person that they have um, or that they coach their kid, uh, you know, their daughter should be a part of the men's basketball race. There's a lot of people who feel that way. But I, I feel like it's important to talk about it so you can see the outlook on things. So, obviously, there's going to be people to put up numbers. Uh, you have Ellie McKay and Novi who's putting up numbers, right? I mean, you have uh, you you have a uh, – I mean, even, you know, there's people on the same team who, who could possibly fight to be on the ballot. Um, like you have Kayla Webb and Maxine Moore um, who are rated as, as two top – 10 players in the 2018 class and then um, it's really important to keep up with what the candidates are doing and that is why I said that it's it's early but it's it's something that you have to discuss so and at this spot I don't know Um, I've seen some names thrown out like I just threw out the Ellie McKay name, and I think for her production and the numbers that she puts up, you kind of have to – I'm not saying pencil her in at number five, but you kind of got to keep an eye on her. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it's it, it's really hard to say uh, with this 18 class because it's really up for grabs. Like in the 17 class, with the exception of Kiera Fletcher, you were talking about the same four people um, for most of their time as freshmen who would compete for that uh, for that Miss Basketball Award. For the 18s, the same faces are still in, in this top 10 or 15 for 2018, um, very different places, for me at least, who I, who I had at the top – when they were freshmen and who I have at the top now, completely different, right? Um, and so and that just shows also, you that. No, not to mean to cut you off, but so let's get into it, though. So let's compare um, notes from four years ago to notes now. Okay. Like, who's, so I think people want to hear that. Four years ago. Um, and I think you remember this uh, conversation. Four years ago, um, I I had Jada Hampton back when she was playing with TCE um, as the top-rated 2018. Um, I had Camry Clegg up there. Um, I, I think I had Camry Clegg at, at two or three. Um, Matt Seymour was definitely in, in my top five. Um the the trio that came into Country Day um, in 2014, I had uh, Clegg, Webb, Moore, and um, why is this name slipping my 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 tongue right now? 
Help me out. She transferred to King. Um, Erica Willie Jackson. Okay, and I had Willie Jackson in uh, my top five or six, right? Jada, Jada Hampton was, was a clear-cut number one for me coming into high school. Um, she was like 5'8 or 5'9 at the time. High motor like she she has right now. Good little mid-range pull-up. And um, and it, it just was more aggressive. Uh, oh, and I had Mariah Motkins in, in that. And Mariah Motkins was actually my clear-cut uh, number one. She was ahead of Jada Hampton. Um, obviously, she had been playing varsity at, in Buffalo before she had even got to Michigan. Um, and then when she moved here, I had her, but then she transferred out of state. So that that was what my top five ten looked like for the 2018 class. Um, obviously, uh, Kermit Clay got a lot better. Um, she, she, you know, her body structure changed, and she's a little bit more athletic than she was now, and, and that's kind of why I put her at number one. Um, obviously, with her scoring ability and, and distributing, I just pound-for-pound pound player in that 2018 class, I, I think she's earned that number one spot, not just on my list, by many scouting services. Um, Maddie Waters wasn't on my list. Um, I obviously seeing middle schoolers and those younger players uh, from the West, from the middle part of, of the state is more hard. Um, and she just didn't have a name like Jada Hampton. Uh, but now, obviously, she she has to be in your top five for the 2018 class. I don't I don't foresee why she would not be. Um, obviously, I have Kayla Webb up there still. Um, and every like I said, everybody's still in in, in it, but now it's, it's kind of more taking shape. Um, and, and like I said, it, it's just um, if you talk about who was there and now who who's at it, you know, you take away Mockins because she's in Ohio with Solon. You add Waters. Um, you add Cameron Clegg moving up from maybe the bottom of that top ten in the class uh, on many people's scales to top one on, on many people's scales. Um, and obviously the ACC recruit, that's a, that's a big jump. Um, it, it, it's just something, it's really something to, uh, it, it, it's something that's really uh, positive because many people will tell you this 2018 class wasn't one that colleges were jumping to the state to see. It 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 was kind of looked over. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was. And my my notes from about four years, three or four years ago, is almost the same. The same people, um, different spots that I had them. I mean, Camry Clegg was, and I know some of you. Guys out there like, well, he he co he you know he helped coaches or so. No, but I've all even from day one when I saw her four, four years ago, um, I had her as the clear number one. Um, Jaden Hampton was Jaden Hampton and Kayla Webb were two and three. Um, I felt that Jaden Hampton would play because of her her natural athletic ability. 
I thought that she would play herself and get and the more she grows. I thought she would play herself into the um, play herself into the top spot um, among those kids. And um, really, four and five. Really, I didn't have a four and five. Um, well, no, Maxine Moore. No, Maxine Moore was always top five, actually. Uh, so I'm lying there. But the fifth, I never had a fifth. Um, because you could rotate so many in, you know, with you know, with Beck and from Grand Rapids Christian and Willie Jackson at the time, and um, you you, you kind of rotate those players in and out. But those four were always, and I didn't, and just like then, I didn't get wind of Matty Waters and uh, uh, until um, near the end of, uh, of that year, so. Um, I was, you know, kind of lagging on, on that one. <clears throat> Sorry, Maddie. But, um, yeah, now is Cameron Clegg still is number one. Um, the player that she that she's, like, to harken back on what Darren said, the player she's become, you know, she's faster now. She's slimmed up and chiseled up, you know, more now. And, you know, her range is extended to about 25 feet. Um the playmaking, the passing was always there. Now she's a big time scorer. Where you know her dropping thirty is no surprise. It's almost as 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 darn near expected um, for her to do that on a nightly basis. I mean, the kid averaged almost twenty six last year, so um, there's no surprise there. You know now, but she was you know to, to go from almost purely a pass first general type point guard to now she can do both. I can give you ten assists, but I can I can drop thirty five to forty when necessary. Though I can drop thirty five to forty when I want to. Um, Jaden Hampton is still um, in that in, the, in that top area. Um, added the mid range game, a nice pull up mid range game. Um, the handle has gotten a little a little bit better as well. She's going to about what is she six feet now, Darren? I'm sorry. Was, was Jada Hand is about six feet now? Yeah, I, I would I would say she's six feet tall. Six feet tall, so a legit, <laughs> um, a legit, you know, prototypical wing. Still very athletic. Still a heck a, a heck of a, a defender and rebounder. Kayla Webb is always is still well. <laughs> um, gotten quicker. The handle's gotten better. Obviously. Um, the shooting and the scoring is still very much there. Um, and she's got – her growth has been the opposite of Camry's where she's gotten better with the playmaking and distributing because um, she can always score. But now she can, you know, she can now she's at the point where she can dish out um, a consistent seven, eight assists, you know, average. Um, Maddie Waters is now <laughs> – but it's probably um, number two in most circles as far as Miss Basketball is concerned um, right now. And what can I say about it? The kid is a, 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 a spectacular shooter, a heck of a scorer, um, good playmaker. And I, I was just, I was just gonna say like you you know when we first saw Maddie, she was she was. Um, uh, 
just like Camry, basically. Uh, she was on bar um, until last year. So, you know, mm-hmm. she, she was doing a lot of the, the dishing out and, and scoring, like doing a good job going back and forth now. And now um, she's kind of found her role in the Williamston offense as that uh, solid two-guard. Um, you know, obviously they they got the freshman now, and but in the summertime you'll see her go right back to the the point guard position seamlessly, and that's a really good wrinkle. Um, you know that that she can, you know, tap into both just very very easily. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and um, with all that being said, the fifth spot is still uh-huh, um. Well, up for grabs. I mean, um, like Ellie, Ellie McKay, who, who's always been a, a really good player, who's probably somewhat under the radar um, over at Novi. Um, like I said, Maxine Moore. I mean, if you, if she's already if she isn't already in most people's four, um, because it has a strong case. Um, you can rotate Adisha back in, into that conversation as well. Like who are some of the, some of the other eighteen that you probably would slide into that that fifth spot? Um, eighteens um in that fifth spot. <laughs> you know, that that's just so hard for me. Um, because because I feel like you have a really solid four. Um, in that fifth person, not to say they aren't. Um, not to say they aren't worthy candidates, but that fifth person is is kind of. I, I feel like it would be somebody we don't really know um, from you know that obviously we don't get to see uh, on this side of the state. Um, I, I, just, I, I, just, I don't have a clue um, who, who that fifth spot could go to. Like I said, Ellie McKay is really good. Uh, I, I think you might have to go to Belleville and look at Caitlin Sherwood, um, you know, as a possible person who, who can get onto that uh, Miss Basketball candidacy. Um, obviously, um, it's been campaigned for um, by the uh, Belleville and factory staff, and, you know, she's deserving uh, of, of that campaign. Um, so, you know, definitely, um, I think Caitlin Sherwood maybe end up on the ballot. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, now, that is actually a good point. Uh, now, next week, just like everybody else, our list may 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 change. It may rotate, may flip, may flop, and all that. So, you know, it, this is a really good start to the to, to the discussion. And I'm pretty sure after you people hear this, some of y'all go, you know, come up to us and. You know, tell us like, well, you know, such and such should be here, and you know, blah blah, blah and you know, and and it's, it's good. Don't don't be afraid to to come up and you know, tell us, you know, and give don't us. We love talking about it. We love talk to Eric. <laughs> <laughs> nah, <laughs> I'm I'm just playing. People people know I, I always uh, I always kick out my opinions and. Uh, and I love to hear other people's opinion uh, about it. Is 
uh, all the debates that that I ever have are, are always good, good, uh, good conversation because because so many people have a different perspective. I just know that my perspective is always right. So. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, but uh, really, um, you know what? I think we waited long enough uh, in this podcast. Um, oh, oh, y'all better be lucky. Y'all better be lucky that that our soundboard is, is acting funny. You know what? I'm, I'm going to just play it over the microphone. I'm just going to play it over the microphone. They they got me messed up. Eric, they got me messed up. They got you messed up out here, dog. Eric, Eric, no, because they think I'm they think I'm playing with them. I, I think I think they think because I, I took a I took a head coaching job that I I, I wasn't on their tail. But guess what? Well, uh, it's not gonna play. It, it's not gonna play. Uh, but, <laughs> we got hype for the moment, Darren. I, uh, I had to backpedal a little, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's very rare that we talk about boys basketball on this show. But there's there's gonna be a good thirty minutes where we I get we get into this. There's there's actually two topics on the boys side that kind of connects into. Uh, into what we uh, do here um, with the girls, and obviously uh, we're we're so committed to the girls. Like I guess I don't necessarily. I don't. It's to the point where I don't even really like comparing players to uh, NBA players almost because, like I said, I'm all about the, the girl side here. But the MHSA has messed up this time. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm back on that way. Yeah, Darren. Yeah, yeah, Darren. Darren's back to bash up. Yeah, I, I'm playing it now. I, I didn't want to do who shot you. I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I'm messing up. Hold on. <clears throat> Hold on. I, I'm getting it right. I know this sounds a little jank. I don't care. My producer's gonna have it together next time. Or they're getting fired. <laughs> I'm fucking crazy. I'm fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm letting the moment build. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, if you start freestyling, uh-huh. I'm gonna laugh. Turn me up. Turn my headphones up. Do you know what beef is? Huh? Okay, cut it, cut it, cut it, cut it. All right, for those people who aren't um, aware that was Biggie's was beef. I have a beef with the MHSAA, and it is time to talk about it. You've seen my tweets, and I know, I know nobody thought we were going to get on this podcast and just let it go because it's, it's been a week. First off, first thing first, um, we talked about transfers before, right? Of course. Um, uh, uh, something, something that affects, something that affects the girls 
um, on the boys' side is this case that just happened with, uh, I, I can't think of the young man's name, uh, McKithier. Uh, he transferred from Macomb, Dakota to Clarkston. Okay. He moved. He he has the right to move because he's 18 years old. He can live by himself. That The original report and what the MHSAA is putting out is that he moved by himself to Clarkston in a condo. Um, and he, he was then deemed that he would have to sit out the first 90 days, which will put him uh, back uh, in January. He appealed that decision. The MHSAA then linked then went ahead and gave him 180 days instead of 90 days. Okay. Now, what the family contends is that they sold their home in in Macomb, Dakota. They sold that home and moved to Clarkson. Receipts of it, uh, everything. So he should have been able to play immediately. Okay. Now, the back story of it is McKithier is going to Michigan State. Uh, so is Foster Lawyer, who's been at Clarkson for, it seems like, 10 years. Um, and obviously, did that probably have a role in, in McKithier transferring? Yes. Uh, is there... Is there some is is there something was there something shady about it? Probably depends on what what perspective you have. I'm not here to call it shady or not. What I'm here to say is, if you follow the MHSAA rules, which it seems like the McKithiers did, you should not be penalized. But the MHSAA. Um, by all accounts, um, and, and the account that I believe of Clarkson, uh, pressured Macomb Dakota into not signing the transfer and really fighting for McKithier not to play. I have a problem with this. I, I have I have a problem with with administration uh, and coaching staff um, reaching out. Um, and, and showing that they never really cared about a kid by blocking his senior season. How can the MHSAA say they're all about students, but they're pushing to make sure that somebody doesn't play in their senior season? How is that possible? Well, we pretty much established, and they by by the stuff we them put out, and you know others have said and. Um, that the MHSA really don't care about the kids. I mean, I, and I know I'm probably stepping on the next topic here, but just look at the the date switch up, you know, for the, 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 for the start of the season. Yeah, 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 that, that might be too deep for the intro. That might be too deep for the intro. We're definitely getting into that. that we're going to segue into that. But, but still – they don't that was, uh, but that along with other um things have shown that it's really the MHSA's best interest that they care about. It's not about the best interest of the kids. You know, because otherwise something like this wouldn't have happened. And even just in just taking everything away, 
you shouldn't extend a punishment because somebody tried to appeal it. Like I've, how, I, maybe I'm listening to things I've never seen. I, I don't get how that. Yo, Eric, touch, touch Jeff and, and see it. See if you can call him uh, and, and get him on the podcast. But but yo, how how does that work? I, I, I need some. I need to talk to somebody who's closer to the boys side because it has. You know, just from reading the reports, it has to be something that is um, underlying that we're missing because, it, listen, Macomb, Dakota is the same school that got Jermaine Jackson for his senior year. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely. It, it, like I said, it, 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 you look at their you look at their football team. It's a lot of Macomb County kids who who live in Warren. A lot of Macomb County kids who who who, who live, you know, not in Dakota, <laughs> not in Dakota's district, um, that are going out there to play football, um, to try to win. So, you know, for the administration to. Uh, Oh wait, 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 wait! I guess I'm missing the best part here, and this is straight from the press conference. Uh, I retweeted it a few days ago. I'll go find the tweet again. But the the principal says the principal says that when the paperwork was filed and Dakota was going to send everything over, that the MHSA rep said. If you had any balls, and and I apologize if that's strong language, but this is the exact um, I'm saying the quote verbatim. He said, "If if you had any balls, you would not sign that transfer." One, so that's out of line. That that is, that is out of line. First off, uh, second. What do you mean if you had any balls? Like, uh, I, if you're trying to make an example out of a kid, that's that's fine. But at least let it line up with your rules. And I, I know everybody's like, "Wow, you're really against the MHSAA. You coach an MHSAA team, and you are also credentialed by the MHSAA." I don't care. Take my credentials away. I'll pay to get into games. It's fine. You know, whatever. I just took cap training. But I'm not going to sit here and act like um, this doesn't affect the girls because, uh, as you know, transferring is very – I mean, not – yeah, no, it's prominent in the girls' side. It's, it's very prominent. Um, you saw a 2019 prospect transfer um, out of her program. And a lot of people said it is because of, you know, uh, an incident that she had with, with the coach. And, and I'm just going to not say – I'm not going to say her name, uh, you know, just because, you know, we're not a tabloid or anything. But, you know, anybody who follows, you know, women's basketball knows exactly, like, who we're speaking with about. And, I mean, it's – you know, it, it, we had an almost transfer of another uh, – prominent 2019 uh, player um, in, in the MHSA kind of block that. But if you're going to try 
to make kids sit out a year no matter what because they transferred, you don't care. You don't want kids playing. Yeah, that, that that's nuts. That's truly nuts. And for them to for them to pressure Dakota like that, and even more so for Dakota to follow it like that, you know, to not stand on their own too, and to do whatever they felt was right or whatever they felt like doing, you know, whether it be, you know, to, you know, uh, sign off or not sign off on it, you know, it should have been under their own merit and not from pressure from, you know, the powers that be. Like, you got to stand on your own. You got to stand on your own, too. If the MHSAA called me and told me not to sign off on one of my players transferring, I'm signing it out of spite because since when have you cared? You let Susie Mer- okay. I guess I'm gonna go here. Just just a few years ago, and I'm, I'm not picking on the kid because it was it was great having her here, and and she did a lot in her time here. But the MHSAA let uh, Taryn McCutcheon transfer into the state in the middle of the season, and she played immediately. Now. You can read every news article in West Virginia about her transferring. None of it ever said that she was transferring for academic reasons, never said that her parents got a job here. Um, As a matter of fact, most of the articles kind of said she was just flat out leaving because she needed to be close to Michigan State. That was never denied either, was it? Uh, I do not think so. I don't have recollection of it. Okay, I, I don't know an article that denied it, um, and and I I read most of the level-headed articles because there was, you know, it, it was a lot of outrage that she left, um, and and I saw through the the propaganda that said oh she was never really that good or it, it was a lot of articles like that. Believe it or not, I didn't know West Virginia was that big of a women's basketball community, but. Karen McCutcheon transfers in to East Lansing, which is around the corner from Michigan State, where she's committed to play basketball. With, like I said, it, it's a pretty big news um, thing in West Virginia, so she plays immediately. There's no outrage over that. And I, I'm sure that people call but but what's the difference? What's what's what hell did they put her through? And, and I'm not I'm not saying this to to be funny or or to even say that Taryn McCutcheon should have had to sit out because I don't think I think you shouldn't have to sit out if you transfer. That's that's my personal belief. But don't go and pick and choose who you want to make an example out of. Don't don't you know don't. Don't succumb to to the um, don't succumb to to the the powerful programs complaining to you because I, I saw when Thomas Kithier announced his transfer that a lot of a lot of you are uh, elite prospects were were on Twitter Twitter like oh my God Clarkson how are they doing this go out and compete but in the same token. The MHSAA has to be, they have to be, uh, 
they have to be consistent. They have to be consistent. Yeah. So I, I don't think I don't think that transfer rule is one that really even matters. Um that that has a, a competitive balance. Now, I think people transferring for athletic reasons could get out of control. So I get making them sit out until January. Okay. But if they're following your rules, you cannot do that. And and on top of that, I feel like um I, I feel like that the MHSAA um will listen to certain programs that complain and they will not heed the complaints of any other programs and certain type of coaches and, and take that how you will. Yeah, I mean in, in on our, you know, NCAA uh shows, you know doing our conversations off air, you know, um pick and chooses, you know, who they mess with because there there are more transfers than just, you know, the few that we, we talk about, you know, every year, every other year, whatever. Was that they question or that they make a fuss about or they choose to do. Or who, you know, doesn't, I'm just saying they, that they should. I'm not saying that at all. Just like you, I think the rule is fair. That's in place is fair. Huh? You know, ninety days, okay, cool. You know, but is why you know they shouldn't be messing with any kid. But why mess with a kid that one um, is, is, is a senior and wants to play a senior year? Two, and this is my bigger point. Why they shouldn't do it? You know, the way that they only you know, messing with high-profile kids is really wrong. Um, those are the players that people are coming to see, which means, you know, when you lie, when you, the MHSA on their, you know, their network, their private network or whatever, decides to stream those type of games and, you know, those teams that those kids play for, those are the kids that people want to watch. And people pay to see. So when they come and pay those five dollars, you get a cut of that because it's an MHSA event. So why mess with your own money? On top of that, this is Thomas Kithier is a kid that people want to see. You know, um, as soon as um, you know, and, and, and the sooner he you know he does a little play, the more you know the, the you know the, the less problems you'll have, and the more money, the sooner you'll make more money. You know, why mess with these? Uh, you know, high, you decide to look at these high profile situations. Like I think it would be in their best interest to not do that because it messes their money, it messes with their publicity, it messes with their you know PR image, whatever you want to call it, brand, which is you know the new word for image now. You know, whatever, whatever you words you want to put there, it messes with that. When you, you know, you know, for, not only did they you made the kids sit out, but they like really forced it. They really forced it. So 
that I mean, and not to and not to you know um, say you know say that these two are on the same level, but that's like the NBA forcing Mark Gasol or DeMarcus Cousins to sit out when they're healthy, forcing them to sit out. Sit out with one of your big name athletes that messes with viewership, that messes with you know, that was messes with money. Why do that? That I think it is by far in in the worst of the so I don't see the point. It's kind of backwards, you know, to me. Yeah, and, and you know, like I said, I just, you know, if Clarkson goes to the Breslin again, which um, I feel like they will, um, it, it's, it's really different. Um, because now it's a statement against you. And I, I said on Twitter that I feel like every elite program um, in any sport needs to go independent, um, get away uh, get, get away from the get, – get us away from what is holding us back in the MHSAA um, in, in – in uh, and, and, and their rules, you know, and it's, it's just so crazy. And I'm not anti-establishment, um, but I am anti what is going to hold our kids back um, and, and what's going to be unfair. Because if they did that to Clarkston, oh, you see the city kids? Uh, I don't usually like, you know, getting into this uh, – I don't like getting into this uh, type of tone on the podcast, but the city kids, if you saw what just happened to Clarkson, your transfers uh, into Pershing and Western, <laughs> they, they, I don't think they're going over smoothly. Oh, no. Um, we have, uh, not to interrupt, but we have uh, our, our man, our brother, Jeff McKinney, on, on, on with us right now. You know, they help us talk about this 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 transfer MHSA stuff. You know, especially on the Kithia situation. Yeah. Jeff is good, dog. Fellas, how's it going? Everything is good, man. Last night, you know, no school in the morning again, so I'm chilling. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! They canceled school again already. <laughs> they, they they canceled school again, so I'm good. Oh man, <laughs> they're killing me. But, uh, I know they kill you. I they, know they, they kill you. Man, they kind of, hey, they kind of killing us too, though, dog. If if it ain't no, if it ain't, if it, if Wayne don't have school, they killing us too, man. Yeah, they definitely <laughs> kill us. It, 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 it's all again bad, but as an employee, you get to chill, man. So, you know, I guess uh, yeah. that's the only yeah, bright yeah. spot to it. Easy money. Uh, hey, now, now, Jeff, we were, um, you, you know, we we mostly talk about girls, but we, we were kind of segueing into the, our uh, anti-MHSAA portion of the show. Um, okay. Yo, so, now, our, and just let me know, am I missing something with this Thomas Kittier, uh situation? Uh, I 
from my understanding, he moved to Clarkston. The MSA says he moved by himself. The family didn't move. The family says they sold their home and they moved. His original suspension was, or holdout was 90 days, so it would you know, be the regular uh, January comeback type deal. But right. then they extended it to 180 days. Okay. So right. how did this happen? Like, how, how did this happen, and, and what do you think went into it? Uh, me, personally, I'll, I'll you know, verse, I, I guess I'll voice my, my, um, my opinion. My opinion is absolutely asinine. I think it's the, you know, most talked about, you know, MHSAA, you know, transfer situation. Um, you know, I, I definitely think it's, it's the most talked about in, in my time, you know, of covering, you know, Michigan High School basketball. Yeah. Um, I, I'm pretty sure you guys can say the same thing. But, um, you know, really, really, um, you know, the only thing is Thomas, um, you know, he went to Macomb Dakota his first three years. Um, according to the family, his family, um, you know, uh, they, they, they said that, you know, he was going through some things at the high school, um, you know, where, where he, you know, he wasn't, you know, getting challenged academically and, you know, some things happened socially as well. And, you know, um, you know they, they thought Clarkson would be a good move. So I guess Thomas up and moved first, you know, because he's 18 years old, so he's allowed to do that. Um, and then the parents, you know, they sold their house and they moved to Clarkson. So, you know, I, I don't see anything particularly wrong with it. If the MHSAA would have, um, you know, just stuck with the with the regular 90-day rule, I think, you know, everything will be just fine. But 180 days, I feel like you're just punishing a kid, you know, and he went through all your, you know, all the, you know, particulars, you know, in accordance to the rules. You know, it's it's weird because, like I said, I I I just caught wind of the situation. I saw he transferred in the summer, but my my still my feeling about it is that this this transfer case um, affects every sport, um, every sport and and every gender um, in the state because one it, it was super selective to me. Um, you know, as far as the enforcement of the rule, and I think it was their example, whereas it shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And now what you have to deal with is every time you have a transfer in the state of Michigan, I think they're going to have to get that. I think, you know, they're going to get that 180-day rule regardless of what happened, you know, what's going on. And the problem is you have kids that are – you know, really moving and, you know, really have no, it's not, a, it's not up to the kids where your parents want to move to or where they want to send you. So I think, you know, they just opened up an even bigger can of worms for themselves. Yeah, it, it's, really, know, it's and, really uh, an ill situation because, you know, like, like both of you just said, it affects everybody now. And now, you know, you know, even if it's in the best interest of the kid, you know, they probably have to be stuck in a bad situation or, you know, school may not be right for it's other reasons. But now with this happening, you know, people might even be just be, be scared or spooked, you know, from transferring. 
even if it's in the best interest, no matter what the interest is. Or I mean, take take into example the kids who who start off at private schools that aren't in their district, um, a la you know Camry Clad, um, and, and then transfers back in district. It it is it. I I think they're I think they just opened up Pandora's box, um, and and um, like I said. Uh, like I was telling the listeners before Jeff got on, all of all of our boys' concerns really affects the girls this year. So before we let you go, Jeff, um, what do you think about the the season swap next year? To be you know to be uh, perfectly honest, dealing with it, uh, you know being a, being a coach, having being a coach on both sides, currently on the girl side. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't agree. It's another thing with MHSA personally that I don't agree with, you know, as far as, you know, the season swap, just, season swap just to, you know, make sure the boys play at the Breslin because the girls like playing at the Breslin too. You know, um, a lot of, a lot of our kids here, you know, love Michigan State basketball on both sides, you know, so it, it, you know, it, it's kind of upsetting, you know, it's kind of upsetting, um, that you know they would do that, and you know you see players, you know, on using their social media platforms as you know their their platform to speak out, and you know, like I said, I, I think it's unfair, you know, that the girls have to you know go through that, and I think you know that it's unfair that you know female the female gender has to deal with that, you know, because I feel like you know everybody should be on a level playing field, you know, and and, and you know you know the Back in the day, well, not back in the day, but back when we were in high school, you know, the girls, they their season was during the fall, you know, you know. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, I know they they've been through that before, but at the same time, you know, these girls want to play at Breslin Center for the state championship too. I know, I know they probably the MHSA was probably thinking about attendance and things of that nature, you know, moving it up to Grand Rapids and at a smaller school and things of that nature. But at the same time. You know, I, I think it's definitely unfair because these girls, you know, they, they, they want to play in the same place. And, and, you know, it might not even have the same feel, you know, for them. You know, you know, say it definitely gets back. Yeah, they won at Michigan State last year. They like going back to Michigan State. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that, that that's the type of stuff that they have to deal with, you know. But, you know, Calvin College is a great school, but at the same token, you know, it's, you know, girls, you know, this, this, some, 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 the biggest thing is, Sometimes, you know, girls have aspirations of playing Division One basketball and don't have, you know, the skills or the avenues to get there. And that's the closest thing they get, you know, to that dream. You know, it, 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 it's a it's hard. Definitely, man. Hey, yes, thank you for coming on. I, I, I was literally mirroring. I was like, hey, man, we, I was like, we got somebody who, who know for sure about the boys' side. But, um, Man, thanks for coming in, man. Enjoy your night. Anytime, fellas. Before and before and before you go, didn't say this in the intro. Jeff is one of the new writers over at LBI, so check out his stuff. You know, you already know him for Prep Hoops Michigan, but he now he's over to the girl side uh, as well. So check his stuff out on on on, uh, on Lady Ballers. He's a new writer over there. Shout out to LBI. Shout out to Jay Will and the rest of the fam. Appreciate y'all, fellas. Thank you, man. All right. All right. Have a good night.
So um, we kind of we kind of segue into it, and Jeff told you what it was as far as uh, next year. The women's season will start later than the boys' season. We basically we're swapping places uh, with the boys, so the boys can still play at, at the Breslin. Um, because of possi- possibly uh, MSU might women's might host a uh, might host a uh, regional, possibly. Now, if you remember, just last year, the MHSAA made the girls move to Calvin College because of the tournament conflict, right? And it, it was no fight. I, um, it, it's public record because the MHSAA is a um, is, is a not not for profit, so you, you can request a lot of their documents. And um, you know, me being the journalism major, um, I found out it, it's not it wasn't much of a fight. They said, "Hey, the MSU wants to void their contract. We got to move." MHSAA said, "Okay." We'll move. The boys get to stay here? Cool. Now, next year, when the tournament starts a little bit later, it interferes with the boys. What do they do? They mess with the girls' routine. And, I, you know, this this almost makes me more mad. Actually, this does make me more mad than the transfer rule thing. Um, because so many women fought for Title IX, right? So many women fought so where everything turns into uh, being an equal thing. You can't tell me playing at Calvin College, which, again, shout out to Calvin College. I'm pretty sure it's a great university. I love Grand Rapids. I'm up there all the time. You can't tell me that playing at Calvin College is the same as playing at the Breslin. You can you cannot also you can you can't also tell me that the Breslin Center is the only available arena. Okay, one one um there is so many other arenas that I'm sure is available around that time. I am positive that's available at that time. Hmm. You want to know when? Little Caesars Arena. There's nothing that goes on in March that happens at Little Caesars Arena. You want to know another one? You want to know another one? Uh, I don't know. Maybe Callahan Hall. uh, Maybe Callahan Hall. And again, the way that their girls team is playing, there's nothing that's going to be happening there in March. The way their, their boys team is playing, again, they wouldn't host it. But still, even if they did, even if they made it to NIT, there's nothing that's going to be happening there in March. It this is ridiculous because um, there's been plenty of of women, uh, young ladies, who's voiced their frustration with it because I, I feel like the move to Calvin was accepted. They kind of accepted that it moved on. It was like, oh man, are we playing that Calvin. Okay. <laughs> it was like, okay, well, that's what it is. You know, MSU needs their MSU needs their stadium. 
But when you do this, this is a slap in the face. It, it's a it's a slap in the face to, to all all the coaches who who you know put in those hours to get to the state championship um, with their girls. It's it's a slap in the face to the girls, and that, that's the most important part um, that that put in those hours in the gym to get to uh, to the Breslin uh, for all these years, and it it, it means nothing. If you're telling me that Central Michigan isn't big, their stadium isn't big enough to hold the boys' uh, tournament or the boys' finals and the girls' finals, you're lying to me. You're telling me Callahan Hall isn't big enough. You're a liar. You're telling me Little Caesars Arena isn't big enough. You're a liar. You're just lying. Which, which on top of that, and, and to I, add to that, Little Caesars new arena, Central Michigan has updated their arenas. Um and everybody loves going to Callahan. So everybody loves going to Callahan. We have three state of the art arenas. And, and so what I what I, I wanna know when did you inquire about were they available? I, I'm I'm almost positive Central Michigan is not um is not worried about having to host a regional um in, in the girls basketball tournament. Honestly, Michigan State shouldn't be concerned. They're not that good anymore. It, I, I mean let's just call a spade a spade. They're not even top twenty five. How are we how are we operating off of hypotheticals? I mean, it, it, and, and, and to that point, Michigan has more of a case for that, for Chrysler Arena, because Michigan State is 23. They could possibly get a top four seed and host. They have more of a worry about that than Michigan State at this point right now, if and, we're going to use that, so if we're, we're going to argue that. We are we are operating off of hypotheticals, but if Michigan State tells you, hey, we want to keep it open – because this might happen. That's fine. But at that point, at that point, you need to say, okay, we're taking the boys, we're taking the girls, we're gone. The the Palace of Auburn Hills is just mm-hmm. sitting vacant right now with, with a basketball court in it. I mean, truth be told, I, I don't understand why the basketball finals were never at at the Palace anyway when they have the wrestling finals at the Palace. That never ever made sense, not once. But, but w- without it making sense, we we blindly went to the Breslin every year, and you have shown that you care about the prime time at the Breslin for the boys over the girls, and and that's what I mean when I say who do you really care about? Because. One, you've already showed that you don't necessarily care about your boys' players, but you, I, I see what it is. You care about maximizing and, and getting everything that you can at the president. You know, I would, I would, if I was, you know, a not-for-profit organization, I would want to, you know, save a little money because we're not making profit and just go to the smaller university and sell it out. 
you've never I've never seen a sold out Breslin arena for a, a championship game. No, I haven't either. So it will so, you know, make more sense to you know, scale it down just a little bit. So I I mean what I mean, what I would rather do for the cameras, I would rather have a sold out arena that's smaller than uh, a lot of empty stands. I mean, because I've I've seen the Breslin with the lower bowl filled up. I've seen that. Yes, I've never seen a sold out Breslin. So us acting like us acting like um, there's some. There's some big, uh, you know, demand for the boys game is is ridiculous. That's ridiculous, and it, it, honestly, it, it's deceitful. The the press releases that they send me, and, and I saw that, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> no, it's definitely, you know. Um, out of whack, and it's really just, you know, board, I mean, really not, not even borderline. Really, is out of line because it's totally a Title Nine situation. I didn't even mean to rhyme like that, but it's a Title Nine situation. You know, as so many um, coaches and players alike have have stated on, you know, whether it be on social media or, you know, um, in person or, or or wherever, it's a Title Nine because you really just said, okay, we care more about the boys than the girls. The girls, y'all can play at, you know, wherever, you know, the smaller school, and that should be good enough for y'all. Where we want to take care of the boys. And to whoever that crowd was who tweeted me that a a title, it's not a Title IX situation, uh, it's just for attendance, I want you guys to keep on tweeting that so you can prove my point. I think you all are ridiculous. If you if you are actually convincing yourself that um that this isn't um isn't sexism uh covered up or or a, a cloaked version of, of sexism, if you're convincing yourself that, you are delusional and, and you're part of the problem. Um not only with the MHSAA but but a problem that a lot of women are just facing, period. Um and I, I, I really wish we had like a a, a woman correspondent because um, it, it almost it really feels weird with me talking about this. But y'all got y'all got to get y'all got to get y'all y'all act together. I wanted to use a different word, but y'all got to get y'all act together because this, this is this is ridiculous. Like, but you know, like I said, nothing's gonna change until. Uh, the good teams, the very good teams start leaving, and the product is bad. And it's just, you know, I I hate for I hate to say that because I I really do think the NHSAA tournaments and championships over the years have given us some classic matchups. But when you are in an institution that does not work for you, that does not have it for you that shows that it does not really give a damn about you, you got to leave. Yeah, I mean, 
always, and, you know, say like, mm-hmm. you know, to, you know, go ahead. No, I'm saying, and again, the MHSAA is a quote-unquote not-for-profit organization, um, but they seem to care about bringing in uh, money a lot. That's a little I mean, the NCAA is a... It, the NCAA is a not-for-profit organization. Like, like that's okay. more, you know, we all know about okay. that smoking mirrors. Yeah, you know, I'm just saying, it's, it's, you know, you know, but you know, for the, I always say, like, you know, I say, you know, in private, you know, you know, off air, like, like these players are leaving because of the system. Teams might start doing the same thing. I think it was a case. I think I think one team did leave at one point, if I'm not mistaken, in recent years. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, remember Lansing Summit? Uh, they're closed now, but remember Lansing Summit? Mm-hmm. They turned into mm-hmm. a prep school. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not. I, I'm going to be honest. I'm I'm just when I see kids who are really good, like top ten in the nation, good. I'm just going to start telling them they should go to prep schools. It's going to start happening with the girls like it does with the boys. Because, um, I mean, why? Why Why be in, in this system that, like I said, has shown, has shown time and time again that they don't give a, they don't give a damn about you? To start sending kids to IMG. We need to start sending kids to, uh, to Oak Hill. We, for real, you yeah. know. And I mean, you know, the, the bigger the bigger the game grows, the bigger the girls' game grows, you know. And 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 I hate to say this because I don't really want it to happen, because the, the, you know the, the you know like you said earlier, the product would be bad, you know, or lesser. I wouldn't say really bad, but lesser. You know, girls might start leaving. I mean, to see. You know, like picture a kid who's a top rated kid, whether it be Clegg, you know, or a Terry or Elliot or Hagman, Jackson, um, Winston, who, you know, are, you know, who have been nationally ranked or highly, you know, highly talked about. Um, you know, they don't get the same benefit that, the other, that these other kids that they're compared to and play with and against get, you know, just to see a player and not. To, and I'm not blame, I'm blaming it. It made that say, hey, so, you know, I'm not talking about this particular kid, but to see a Zaya Cook who plays one state over in Ohio for Toledo Rogers can go, they can, I mean, they take, they play in Florida, I think, almost every year. You know, we can't do that. And, they, oh you know, she gets to go against other kids that are from a different region that she is compared to ranked higher or below and, and, and gets the national coverage and gets to really, you know, uh, expand her horizon. Whereas our kids don't get that same benefit. You know, how are they supposed to feel? The happiest I've ever been for a kid um, is when the Thomases moved to Vegas and Samantha Thomas, who wasn't really a clear-cut number one uh, in 2017 where there was a fight. Like I said, that 2017 
Flash was so talented, it was a fight for her here. And, and you know, a lot of hating people was like, man, I just don't know, blah, blah, blah. I think it's Marion. The happiest I've ever been for her was when she went to Centennial and every big tournament that they went to, she was the player of the tournament. She was the top player on the team. Even her older sister, Bailey, um, who a lot of people in 2016 didn't have her miss basketball on a Miss basketball candidate early, you know, before she transferred. A lot of people weren't going to talk. Well, I mean, obviously that's the Kaiser year. But, you know, a lot of people just didn't put her in that conversation, period. She went, she went to Centennial. And, I mean, already a Division One committed player, she she showed off. She showed, they, they showed that Michigan kids can play. I, yo, I'm, I'm telling you, as the game grows, press schools are going to grow, and if the MHSA keeps this up, I'm going to be all for it. I'm going to say, yes, go to a prep school. Get out of here. Why, you know, why, why, why stay here? Because nobody, nobody in the higher, like, of course, coaches care. And that's the hardest part of sending a kid um, away, you know, obviously, is because, you know, being selfish, I would want a kid on my team, or obviously Eric would want a team to, or a kid to come to his team, and so on and so on. But you gotta, you gotta wrap it up and, and say, hey, look, what's best for you is over here. And that's what got to start happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, you can't and, – and, and as we say with the boys, you know, when it happens with them, when certain boys leave, um, you know, we all – you know, we don't get mad on it. We, we always say, can't blame them. Can't really blame them. Nope. And I, and I hate nope, – like nope. I said, I, 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 I would hate to say that – have to say – hate to have to say that, you know, about our girls because – you know, I want to, you know, on a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night or a Friday night, I want to go see, you know, obviously when I'm not coaching with um, with Wayne and, you know, we got our own great team. But, you know, when I'm not, you know, coaching with them, you know, I will, you know, on a random Wednesday night or a random Friday, I will want to go see uh, uh, Eliza Winston. I will want to go see Rakia Jackson. I will want to go see, you know, uh, a, you know another highly ranked, you know, how to process, you know, that we have in our state. I want to go see these players, Van Timmerman and, and kids like that. But, you know, you know, when it starts happening, if it starts happening, you know, can we say, you know, they leave and go to a prep school, you know, for the reasons we, we stated earlier, can we, I mean, we're going to keep saying, well, hey, we can't blame them if these rules stay the same. We can't blame them. I mean, we can't really get mad about it. I mean, the selfish part of us, yes, because we like to watch these girls, we like to coach these girls, and we like to cover these girls. And we, you know, we, you know, and we like to keep, I mean, even, not even speaking as a, a media member, just speaking as a coach. And Darren can attest to this as well, just like I, I, I think a, a bunch of other coaches can attest to this, is that, you know, even as coaches, we like to go see, we like to go watch good basketball. We like to go see these other kids play yeah. because we could become fans of theirs. And so the selfish part of us will want yeah, them to stay, but it, it's a lot if it's in their kids. best interest, you can't blame them. There's a lot of kids that I've never interviewed, I've never coached, 
that I just like watching play. Um, and like I said, I, I think state-wise, our top players go anywhere, can go anywhere and look like the best players uh, on the court. But, you know, and, and like I said, I'm not even going to go on this traveling tangent um, as far as anything, but it, I, I say that to say, um, and that's why I brought up the Samantha Thomas thing. Um, even though, you know, obviously in Nevada it's not it, – the talent pool isn't crazy, but you see they went on a national level and they dominated. In Michigan, there's talent everywhere, and when and that's my perspective. And I, I – I would be remiss if we got through this podcast and, and didn't talk about uh, the MHSA and their shortcomings, their neglect of the women's game, um, of basketball, um, and, um, it, and I mean, it, it's just it, it's a real disconnect, um, and there needs to be, I, you know, I think I'm a member of BCAM now, but there needs to be a real live discussion between BCAM and the MHSAA about uh, the way that they're treating uh, the women, um, the the girls' sports in this state. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know how to – I don't know how to start that conversation uh, between BCAM and the MHSAA. I just know it needs to happen um, because BCAM seems to be the only people that the MHSAA will listen to. Um, and, and somebody somebody needs to reach out to them and tell them that their treatment um, is not okay at all. Huh. Okay. So we got that out the way. <laughs> uh, best of Michigan? <laughs> best of Michigan. <laughs> yeah, that was, that, was, that was a lot, right? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I I I forewarned everybody that it was gonna be it was it was gonna be uh, um <laughs> we were gonna dive into that. But um, the best of Michigan is this week. I think it's some good matchups. Yes, I think I think this is a good time to give uh, some predictions. Ooh, no. <laughs> I think this is the best time to uh, to uh, get it out there uh, in the open and, and let's talk about it. All right, so um, the first game is Belleville versus Ann Arbor Huron, which um, I just got done talking about Caitlin Sherwood and saying that. Uh, she has a campaign going for the uh, Miss Basketball um, Award, and um, and Albert Huron has a younger team than we're used to. Um, you, you know what's weird about Ann Arbor Huron is almost every year since you know they they pop back up you know, as far as being a, a contender um, in, in women's basketball. They were always senior led. They always had seniors. It's been a long time since there's been a, a young Ann Arbor Huron team, but with Raya Patel 
uh, Raya Patel and uh, Kenzie Bauer. No, 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 no. Me, me, uh, Eden Johnson. Eden Johnson, yes, and Eden Johnson. Um, they they just have a they have a young team, but um, a good win out over uh, River Rouge. Um, and I, I was on hand to see that. Um, so I, I think that's going to be an interesting matchup um, early in the morning, 9.30 a.m., Belleville uh, versus that number here. I think I'm picking here around by three. Um, like I said, young Huron team, but also a young Belleville team, too. Um, led by Sherwood and Huron's led by uh, Johnson, but I think Johnson's going to be the difference in that game. Um, I think her ability as a as a really um, a combo forward, more forward and three, but you know a combo forward nonetheless, is going to cause a lot of matchup problems for Belleville. So I, I really look for her to have a um, probably a twenty ten night. I mean, well, morning anyway. Uh, I got Huron. I'll, I'll take Huron um, by by six. Huron by six or seven. Okay. Uh, the next matchup is Cousin O, Warren Cousin O versus Midland Dow. Uh, this is interesting. Um, obviously, Maisie Taylor is still out um, recovering from her injury and, and rehabbing. Um, and then last time I checked, which was two weeks ago, um, Kate, Kate MacArthur was, uh, sidelined, um, with, with the injury, um, and, you know, talking to them, you know, they didn't have a good feel, uh, for, you know, what it was or how long she was going to be out. So I haven't really followed up. She's going to be back for this matchup. With that being said, if Kate MacArthur is playing, I have Cousin O winning this game by about eight points. If she's not playing, um, I have Molly Davis leading Dow past uh, Cousin O by five or six. Um, yeah, it all depends. Really, it all depends on – I can't even too much disagree with you there. It really depends on the status of Kate MacArthur. Um, if she's healthy, um, I'll take, um, either way, I probably would still, um, I would probably still take Dow either way it goes, but I wouldn't be surprised at all. Like this is, you know, with, 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 with excuse me, with Miss Arthur playing, you know, it makes this a, a toss up. So, but I, either way, I will still go with Dow only because, of um, their chemistry together, and you know, Maisie—I mean, not Maisie, excuse me—Molly has been in a leadership position, you know, the whole time. Um, so I, I think with her being in that position, and you know, the other players around her, even though they didn't play heavy minutes last year, um, they've been in the system and they know, you know, everything all too, you know, all too well. Um, it, it still play a up a, a tempo type of game. You know they haven't deviated from that. Um, they're still a perimeter-oriented team, whereas with Cousino, they're switching to that because they had you know Kira Fletcher all those years where they 
Karam, you know, more ISOs and more uh, posts because Fletch was great in the mid-post. Um, uh, yeah, I would say Dow. Without MacArthur, I would say Dow by um, nine. And with MacArthur, I'd probably take Dow by like four. Okay. And so then... Um... Then we have uh, the the school on on Coolidge um, playing uh, Cleveland East Tech. <laughs> Everybody, the school on Coolidge is, is River Rouge. <laughs> um, so I don't know much about Cleveland East Tech. Um, I know the people in E Course are going to kill me for this one. I have Rouge winning that one. Okay. Um. Yeah, I pretty much um, have the same things. Not really too much more to say about that. I mean, I expect Rouge's guards and uh, um, Hamilton Williams to do what they've been doing uh, so far this season and come out with a victory. So this is really too much, not too much to say there. Um, but the yeah, next I, game, um, Columbus. Oh, go ahead. No, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah. So the game after that, um, and again, E course people don't don't kill me over that. You you get you wear River Rouge colors to practice and. Yo, AD is ready to fire you. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> um, so then the next game is Columbus Northland uh, versus Southfield A&T. Uh, it's a toss-up. Hold up. Did we skip it? Hold up. Hold up. I think we skipped over a game. No. No, we did I think we skipped over no, the, did we bring up nope. the Arbor Prep and Carmen Eastworth matchup? Oh, yeah, we did skip that. Uh, yeah. You oh, got to Ar- go back to Arbor that. Prep and Carmen. Arbor Prep and Carmen. I have Carmen winning this one um, by about eight. Um, I think I think Arbor Prep is good um, still. I think they're state contenders still. I think they're finding a, um, a new identity. Um you know, not to, you know, say that they're struggling, uh, but just to say that I think Carmen presents a problem for them matchup-wise that they're going to have to, um, they're going to have to to find a way to deal with that. Um, so I, I got Carmen winning that one, but I think Arbor Prep fights and fights hard. Um. Um. I know the people are probably tired of us agreeing at this point, but um, I agree. Um, this game uh, is probably a, a, a matchup problem for Arbor Preps, um, and especially if uh, Stroer and Tart have big games. You know, um, Tart is really like a Draymond Green where she could do a multiple things, even though she thought people would say she's an undersized forward. She plays. She's strong enough and quick enough. You know when she presents a problem for uh, 
taller girls who, you know, for, with a matchup so she can use her quickness and then if you're smaller than her or thinner than her, she uses her strength and her nice body to um, make things happen. Then she can also she's a good playmaker for them and a great rebounder. So, you know, and, and everybody knows the score that Stroh is. So, if they, especially if they have big games, I don't see uh, Auburn Prep winning this one. Um, I have Carmen by – I have Carmen by five um, in this one. I think Auburn Prep makes it hard. I think Auburn Prep makes it a hard for our game. I think um, the Peter sisters will uh, step up and, and, and match and try to match um, Carmen's stars, but I also think they have to. It's imperative that they do. Yeah, and so, and so then we can get back to uh... – Northland versus Southfield A and T. Um, man, man, that's uh, I, I have Northland by by four. Okay. Um. Got a chance to see Northland uh, at the Toledo scrimmage, um, another event that um, LBI had a hand in, great uh, scrimmage. Again, um, I got to see, obviously, obviously, I've gotten to see Southfield as well. Um, it's going to be a, it's going, it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a game of chicken. So I think both teams like to pressure and play up tempo and. Um, so I think it's gonna be a game of chicken who cracks under under each other's pressure first. And but if Delana Holloman is back and healthy, um, ready to play, I think she's the difference. Um, even though Johnson and McEvans are the main cause in Southfield um attack, I think Holloman will be the difference with her shooting and leadership and toughness. So if if they if, if she's back and she's you know regular you know the same Delana Holloman that she's been the, these past three years, I will have to take Southfield by two. Okay, 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 and then we move on to then we move on to Country Day um, versus King. So we skip we skip Edison and uh, Bishop No before that. I have Dempsey. I do too. Uh, who the newly you know um, top rank not top rank but in the top twenty five, um, number fifteen on ESPN uh, Edison squad. The Def Def will will, will um, help them prevail once again. So I. I yeah, I have Edison in there, especially in their gym. Um, Bob, yeah, I, I, that's a game. Yeah, I think that's a game they're supposed to win. Um, and I think they go out there and do it. Now uh, we get to this King Country Day game. And King Country Day. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Yo, it's, that's gonna be interesting. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. This is gonna be my first time watching King this year. 
to think about them having a, a team without Alicia Norman on it, it's crazy. I felt I, I've been saying like all day that it feels like so many players have been there forever. Like I, I told I told uh, Eric that I felt like Delina Holloman had been playing for ten years because I remember her as a freshman going against Taylor Jones. Um, you know, in the, in the playoffs, and and then I just said that it feels like Foster Lawyer's been at Clarkston for ten years, um, and so seeing seeing this change is so uh, it's so weird, and this this is like their first big game, you know, with, without that crew that was there forever. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the city team. I'm going King by by four over country day. I'll have to predict the same. Um, I think, uh, and it, you're right, it's weird to not see Alicia Norman um, on the floor running the show for them. It's actually very weird. I mean, watching them, in, you know, in, in the preseason at the scrimmages, at the mega scrimmage, you know, it was, it, it did feel kind of weird you know, seeing them without, you know, the five foot, their five foot leader leading, you know, so directing them and directing traffic and putting them in a great position to succeed. You know, um, I think King, even though all through that, I think King wins and it's going to be a battle of the guards. It's going to come down to the guards and, um, you know, with Jasmine, the backcourt of Powell and Webb and, Mitchell and and, uh, and Williams for King is going. Whoever wins that matchup, that backcourt matchup, that's what that's who's going to win the game. That's whose team is going to win the game. And I think um, Mitchell and Williams will probably um, get the probably will slightly edge edge out Kyle and Webb slightly. So I have King by three. But the caveat. And this is not a cop because I'm sticking with King. But if Maxine Moore makes her presence felt on the inside, that could be a huge, huge difference. Huge. If she makes her presence felt and she has a big, a, a good, not even really a big game, but just makes her presence felt and has a good game, a good solid game, that could be a huge difference maker. You know where I was going to go with it is, um, and the reason I thought King was going to win is because I, I feel like the guards are going to cancel each other out. But I feel like the forwards that that King has, there's a mismatch somewhere because Whitley, Whitley Jackson is obviously a, a bigger guard who plays off of the wing. And you would consider her a, a, a forward. And then Jordan Lewis, um, obviously a, a bigger point forward at times. I feel like there's a mismatch somewhere uh, right there. And I I think that obviously Maxine Moore is going to match up with one of those two. But, you know, and, and we've seen it up close and, and we've seen it plenty of times, is those two are, are able to get hot and, and they can be flamethrowers and, and, and they can start off runs. Um, and I think that's what's going to give them the victory. Um, you know, obviously, now if somebody 
takes a plus between that that uh between that battle in the backcourt. Obviously that's that's weighing, you know, tipping the scale. But I think Mariah Mitchell, who's one of the more underrated players, um in, you know, in the city, um and in maybe even the state, you know, she she attacks hard and her and Jasmine Powell are a lot alike. Um as far as doing all the dirty defensive work, um and kind of finding their offense in, in other ways. Um, Taylor Webb and, and Delgene, uh Berger uh, Williams, is, they're pretty much the same as far as they, um, they're they the first scoring option for their teams. Um, and, and so that's why I kind of feel like those forward, that forward battle is going to be what really, really um, – what really propels a team to a win um, in this matchup? Oh yeah, you know, and it's going to be a great, great game. I mean, you know, these are the matchups like we we you know really want to see and really anticipate. You know, a city team versus the you know the private school suburban team. You know, just in that aspect alone, when both teams are good, which both of the teams are. You know, those are the type of matchups, you know, you know, a, a lot of people come out to see. And, you know, I think this one isn't going to um, be any different. It's going to be a great matchup, you know. And now the last game of the day, Toledo Rodgers, Wayne Memorial. Rodgers led by uh, nationally ranked, uh, I think, number 14, uh, Zaya Cook. Madison Royal Davis, the freshman, and Courtney Garner, uh, the other great freshman guard that Rogers have. They have a young, they have a guard, a, a three guard attack, and they're pretty outside of Cook. The other two, obviously being freshmen, pretty young. Um, and you have Wayne Memorial, who arguably has the best backcourt in the state, and Terry and Clegg. And um, this is going to, you know, a lot of people will look at it as a matchup of the guards again. Like I said, with the King game, but I think the difference would be Wayne's experience. I think Rogers is is, is kind of young this year, um, and no no bias here, but hashtag bias Eric. <laughs> but no no bias here. I really think Wayne uh, gets this one um, by about six or seven. They pull a, you know they pull a, pull away. Um, I think the difference would be the forwards and um, the length that. And the athletes that Wayne has, you know, with Hicks and Elder um, holding down and Ziggler Griggs, the forwards will be the difference. I think they have, and I think they're uh, a bit deeper than Rogers is. So I think that will play more of a role. And I, but Rogers doesn't take, doesn't make this a light game. It's not going to be a coordination. Um, yeah, I think Rogers yeah, makes I, it I a, think a good game though. I um. I have Wayne um, in this game. Um, I don't know how by how much because I have a few different scenarios um, that can play out in my head. But um, what kind of make made me come to this decision is I, I did. We kind of got a glimpse of Terry versus Cook at the border battle, um, and it, it didn't go one way or another, and they weren't matched up on each other for extended periods of time. It was a few plays where they did get matched up, 
Um, and I think that's going to be an interesting battle. But where I think this game is won is um, it's either you have to put a freshman on, on Camry Clegg, um, and you have to you have to live with what happens, or you have to put Zaya Cook on Camry Clegg. I mean, and you know, obviously she's she's lengthy and she's athletic enough to be a good defender um, against her and give Clegg some problems. But the problem with that matchup is now you have a freshman um, against Janae Terry. So, with that being said, and it's the highest-scoring backcourt in the state, um, that presents a real problem. You have Jaya Higgs, who, who's um, coming into her own as not just a sidekick or, or somebody, uh, you know, on the team. She has her own name. And people, you know, she's starting to gain steam as far as momentum and being a player. That's a hard matchup. Now, when you have a talent like Zaya Cook, sometimes that matchup doesn't matter because she has ability to get up the floor and get to the rim. We're seeing her so much over the last three years, right, since she's been a freshman. This, this is the third mm-hmm. the the third year that you've seen her in Michigan to play. Um maybe like the fourth or fifth time, you know, as a high you know, with Rogers, right? Um I don't I don't know that, you know, what she if what she brings is that much of a surprise. Um you know, it, it takes anybody by shot. And I think the storm that she brings is, is is able to be weathered. But with that being said, she's such a special talent. I think she does keep the game close. I think the freshman um, that I got a glimpse of at, at the, you know, in, in the preseason, I think they're, I think they're exceptional as well. So I don't think that Wayne runs away with it, but I do think that there's, there's something about that experience that is, uh, you know, it's a little different, you know, and, and I didn't even mention, you know, Michaela Ziegler-Griggs, um, and, and, you know, I, I didn't mention the length that Wayne has, but based off of experience and, and based off of being able to scout Rogers versus Rogers scouting Wayne, which, you know, Wayne Memorial started being in these marquee events just last year, it hasn't been a hasn't been a lot of film collected on them. It hasn't been a lot of mm. let me sit and watch on them. So, uh, yeah, for that reason, I, I'm going to take Wayne. I don't know if I'll be able to stick around and watch that. That's a little bit past my bedtime. But uh, you know, somebody periscope it. Here you go, something like you. <laughs> Oh, uh, you talking like you like forty five or something with 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 back with with uh high cholesterol or something, dog. Like it's past my bed. Man, I'm come on. Man, dog. I'm washed. Man, I'm washed and you know that. Yeah, okay. Man, people make these um, daily trips that never mind. I ain't gonna Never mind. I, you I don't know. Um, I mean, I make daily trips to church. But okay. 
any, um, anyway, <laughs> Darren out here acting like he, he acting like he he washed up with a, this, this man is only this man is only a year older than me. Like I'm he washed, needs man. stop. Tell hey when you see Darren, when you see him, tell him he needs to stop. Y'all gonna see, see just him. how washed I am when y'all see me. Yeah, 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 you look like you washed, bro. But um, yeah. So I, I mean, I'm excited about yeah, those okay. games. Um, I think uh, I, I, I think that's, I think it's a good lineup. I think it's, you know, one of the best tournaments you're gonna see this year. Um, as far as you know, who they're getting in the building. Um, I, I like that. You know, they went and got a lot of out of town teams. Um, and, and really spiced it up. So you don't really know exactly what you're getting here, but you know you're you're definitely getting um you're definitely getting uh, uh, uh highly anticipated matchups. Uh, so yeah. With all of that being said, no, it's definitely gonna be I was gonna say it's definitely gonna be a, a great, a great turn, a great showcase, great tournament, you know, classic, whatever um, you want to uh, call it. Um, well, call it a classic is the holiday classic. So um, another great one thrown by you know the great people at LBI. Um, can't wait to be there. I will be there bright and early. Um, so yeah, I can't. I really can't wait for this weekend. I really can't wait for Saturday to get here. Somebody bring me some um, new center eatery on Saturday. Um, I like the the Big John, the joint where they give you the uh, chicken breast and the waffles. Um, ask for some strawberries on the side um, and the orange juice. You feel me? <laughs> <laughs> Don't <laughs> use baby choke, man. Stop, man. I, I'm serious. Like, no, that would be, but, um, but that would be greatly all those side that would be greatly appreciated if somebody you know, uh, did that. For I, I wasn't really, asking, I wasn't asking for use. I know you weren't. I was including myself in it, so I made it us. You know, like I included myself <laughs> oh, in it. So uh, no. if somebody no, can no, bring no, no, no. us. Because <laughs> then they're going to try, you know what I'm saying? Then they're going to get scared off. Like, dang, you want me to get to it? I was like, bro, you better you better call. Never mind. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> call who? I, I was, look, call call. Call you know call Jesus on the main line or who, who you talking about calling? You, you want to do this? You want to do this on the air? <laughs> we can do. I don't know because I, I don't know who you're talking about, so we can do this on the air. Oh, you don't? We can really do this right now. I really don't. You, you know, I have no clue. You know, it's you know it's live listeners. So even if we edit it out, people would hear the name that I say. I don't know who you're talking about. I really don't. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. I ain't going to blow up your spot. But <laughs> I ain't going to blow up your spot because uh, <laughs> cause our phones won't start ringing tonight if I do. <laughs> but don't try me like this. <laughs> 
just know one day I one day I'm gonna I'll get reckless. Huh? I mean, like you need to stop for it before I talk about you know other than church where you really going. Dang, I, what home? Oh, here you go. Oh, here you go. <laughs> I go to practice, church, home, and games. Here you Living go. Living pure soul right. life, man. But, uh, yeah. Go. So, that pretty much wraps up uh, the show for this evening. Um, make sure you follow us, last second shot underscore. Make sure you follow Eric at quiet underscore storm 30. Make sure you follow me at sports spoken real. Uh, and um, stay positive. Stay positive. Remember, uh, shoot or shoot. Um, and winners win, losers lose. You got anything, Eric? Um. Shout out to everybody who supports us, you know, and uh, has been with us, you know, not, you know, you just get tuned in now or, you know, been with us since day one. Thank y'all. Appreciate y'all as always. Um, Shout out to just a random shout out. I know this is ghetto, but, you know, shout out to, uh, you know, my people, my sisters, June, Keisha, my brothers, Jarv, Jeff, and my man, Right next to me, Mr. Darren Clore. Shout out to y'all. And Omar, uh, Omar A. Hart, Stefan Waits, and Anthony Brown. Love y'all. And, yeah, really, that's a, uh, that's about it. I mean, you know, just stay positive. Like Darren said, stay positive. Uh, love is love. Um, you know, uh, do every dark night is a, is a bright day ahead, so. You know, if you're going through something right now, it's going to get better. And uh, be safe out here. Be safe out here. It's snowing like crazy. But until next time, man, we back at you. Peace.